UK Prime Minister Theresa May says that MPs need to back her Brexit deal despite EU leaders ruling out any renegotiation. Now this, after 650 members of the UK Parliament were supposed to vote on the deal that May struck with EU members on how exactly the UK should leave the EU. At this council meeting, I've held a series of discussions with my fellow leaders on the Brexit deal, and I was crystal clear about the assurances which are needed on the backstop, having heard the views of MPs in the House of Commons. I reiterated that it is in the interests of the EU, as well as the UK, to get this over the line. A disorderly Brexit would be good for no one. At 27 level, the EU have published a series of conclusions. The EU made clear that it is their firm determination to work speedily on a future relationship or alternative arrangements which ensure no hard border by the 31st of December 2020 so that the backstop will not need to be triggered. If the backstop was ever triggered, it would apply only temporarily and the EU would use its best endeavours to negotiate and conclude expeditiously a subsequent agreement that would replace the backstop that the EU stands ready to embark on preparations so that negotiations on the future partnership can start as soon as possible. As formal conclusions, these commitments have legal status and therefore should be welcomed. As I've always said, the guaranteed way of avoiding the backstop is to have the future partnership in place by the time the implementation period is over. The EU is very firmly committed to this course. But MPs will require further assurances And I've discussed that this morning with my EU partners, including Presidents Tusk, Juncker and others. I note that there has been reporting that the EU is not willing to consider any further clarification. The EU is clear, as I am, that if we are going to leave with the deal, this is it. But my discussions with colleagues today have shown that further clarification and discussion following the Council's conclusions is, in fact, possible. There is work still to do, and we will be holding talks in coming days about how to obtain the further assurances that the UK Parliament needs in order to be able to approve the deal. I say again, it is in the overwhelming interest of all our people in the EU and the UK to get this done and as quickly as possible. That was the UK Prime Minister, Theresa May. Meanwhile, the former Prime Minister, Tony Blair, says the EU would help the UK remain if it is prepared to think again. Blair further added that the EU leaders realise it's a profound mistake for Europe to pull the British economy out of Europe's single market. If Europe thought that Britain was prepared to think again, they would do everything they could to accommodate Britain staying in Europe. In the end... I think it's, look, for, for the European politicians, we're going to be honest about this, they don't wake up every day thinking about Brexit. If you're Macron in France at the moment, you know, Brexit's not your number one priority. However, those leaders who take a step back and look at the broad sweep of history realise it's a profound mistake for Europe to pull the British economy out of Europe's single market, which is the biggest commercial market in the world, and pull British politics out of the political union, which is the most powerful political union in the world. In an era where we actually need Europe to be strong and capable, and capable, by the way, of partnering the United States in circumstances where, as I say, this rise of China will become, over the next few years, a very, very clear, visible fact to everyone. I think people in Europe understand that this is a big mistake for Europe 
So at the moment and up to now, they felt there's no way of avoiding this mistake. But if they thought there was, I think they'd go a long way to try and facilitate this, which is in our interest and in theirs. That was the former Prime Minister, UK Prime Minister, Tony Blair. Joining us now on the line to speak further on how Brexit will affect South Africa's economy is the Northwest University School of Business and Governance Professor Raymond Parsons. A very good morning to you, sir, and welcome. Good morning, Elvis. Now, the question that Tony Blair actually poses, should Britain rethink the Brexit deal again, you think? Well, I, I think where we should start is that, obviously, this has been a week of high politics in the United Kingdom Parliament. And we've had two important events. The one is, of course, the decision to delay the vote on the withdrawal agreement, which is why, of course, Mrs. May is back in Brussels. And then, of course, secondly, there was the challenge to, to her leadership in the Conservative Party, uh, which she won, and so she's safe for another year. So we're not likely to be changing horses in the in the Brexit midstream. But the important point here is this end game uh, uh, all around Brexit does lead to a point where not only is there a lot of uncertainty, of course, because by not not voting on the deal this week, uh, a whole number of new options have come onto the table, including the possibility that if it's not possible to even get a revised deal through the British Parliament, then in that case, other options would have to be considered, such as the possibility of a second referendum, uh, not so much asking the same question as they asked in 2016, but rather saying, here is a deal, uh, and do you want this deal? Are you prepared to vote for this deal now that you have all the facts on the table and you know what the costs of Brexit are? Or do you want to stay in the EU in the light of that? So I, I, I think all these options are, are now on the table, but it's quite clear from both what, what Mrs. May has said, what, of course, Tony Blair has said, and, and, and other political leaders, that we're into uncharted waters for the moment. There is a lot of uncertainty as to where the chips will now fall uh, on on Brexit. Now, she survived, that is Theresa May, the, the confidence vote this week, but there's the possibility of perhaps a second referendum, which you also, uh, also mentioned. Is that a possibility, Professor? Oh, yes. I think it's a greater possibility now, now, that, now that the deal was not passed by the British Parliament. All options are back on the table, uh, including the possibility of a second referendum. If if Mrs. May comes back from Brussels with whatever new reassurances or clarifications she may have, I don't think they're going to be modifications. There'll be clarifications, whereas her critics want modifications. So it's still very much in uncharted waters, and so the options of a second referendum is still there. The, the lesser option is that the Labour Party may precipitate a general election to a, a vote of confidence in the UK Parliament, but that seems less likely because the Conservative Party may go for a second referendum. They certainly will not go for, for, you know, for an election because mm-hmm. uh, there are too many risks there uh, for them. So I think the issue really is that they now need to look at these options, and one of the options is clearly to revisit the referendum on the basis 
of whatever deal is on the table, or alternatively, if that is rejected, then to stay in the EU. But as I say, I think we're, we're into uncharted waters here at the moment. At this point in time, it seems like we're heading for a hard Brexit exit. Why should South Africa take keen interest in the Brexit talks, Professor? Well, I think uh, it's very important for us because we must understand that the, that the EU and, and the United Kingdom uh, are, our largest, are still our largest trading partners, and any change in the basis of, of these relationships will have consequences for third countries like South Africa. As you rightly say, if the deal had gone through, or if it goes through, uh, we would have a softer Brexit. In other words, uh, that the United Kingdom, the EU, and other third countries like South Africa, who have a big stake in in what's happening, uh, we would have ample time to negotiate any alternatives or to confirm existing free trade agreements which we have with the EU and with the UK. In other words, an orderly Brexit, which makes it possible to plan and negotiate, is obviously preferable. But, of course, if there's no deal and Britain crashes out of the EU on the 29th of March without a deal, this would be enormously disruptive all around, including for South Africa. So it's it's in all our interests, I think their interests, as well as those, those countries that do a great deal of of business with the EU and with and with the United Kingdom, that if if Brexit has to happen, that it takes place in an orderly manner. Mm-hmm. Now, the UK is one of South Africa's biggest trading partners. Uh, paint us the possible scenarios uh, for the South African economy if Brexit goes through as it stands right now. Well, I, I think Elvis, as as you indicated, if we if we end up with a soft Brexit then everyone gets a chance to adjust and plan the new trading arrangements over the next two or three years. The, the, the real problem arises if, if this process runs out of runway by the 29th of March, there is no deal on the table, and no other decisions have been taken, because that means that the external tariff of the EU then will apply to the United Kingdom. It's now the trade rules of the World Trade Organization that will apply to the United Kingdom and not the EU rules, and this will be enormously disruptive, and we all want to avoid that. But that is what might happen by default if certain other options don't emerge. So that is why I have been saying, look, both the EU and the UK governments have advised their business sectors to now make some contingency plans in the case of a worst-case scenario. And I think we in South Africa should also do that uh, and see what contingency plans we might want to make if a hard Brexit seems to be likely. That would be more apparent, I think, probably early in the new year when the current processes uh, and deadlines then emerge. So I would think that our importers should be talking to their suppliers uh, uh, in the EU and in Britain, and exporters should be talking to their, to their customers saying, you are working on contingency plans. What does this all mean to our supply chains as exporters and importers if there should, by any event, turn out to be a hard Brexit? Professor, I thank you so much for your time and giving us your perspective. That was Professor Raymond Parsons from the Northwest School of Business and Governance.